Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Buffalo Bills freeze out the Dolphins 33-29 to to split the series, go 11-3 on the season, and keep firm hold of the number one seed in the AFC. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. If you're in the western New York or central New York area, do yourself a favor. Check out the DeLago Resort and Casino. You will not regret it. Uh, We are going to discuss this Bill's victory Tonight we're going to go over our thoughts on the game, stats of the game, Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game, and Wall of Famers, Wall of Shamers, and maybe some hot takes if we get a chance to get to them. So I'm joined by my co-host Mike for this episode. So, uh, you know, going into this game, it was uh, the, the the first matchup this season was uh, was pretty rowdy, but there were a lot of things not going in the Bills' favor that game, injuries, just a ton of errors unforced errors by the Buffalo Bills. And then uh, there's a snow game tonight. You wonder how the Bills were going to fare. And this was a tough game. This was a really fun game, a truly fun game to watch if, you, if you're just a football game. It was a rough one if you're a Bills fan because it, you didn't know for sure the Bills were down and up and down, and uh, and they pulled it off. It feels great. The Bills, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, what you just can't say enough about Josh Allen, Mike, because he's... Whenever you think the Bills are in a lull or they can't move the ball, all of a sudden he takes it upon himself to run for 44 yards and you know get out of bounds and set up the next scoring play, uh, scoring drive. And it's just like, I, I mean, I don't know. He he is basically the entire team from he puts the entire offense and the entire defense and sometimes in this case the special teams on his shoulders, and uh, he's the real deal, man. We are so lucky to have him, uh, Mike. You watch this game. Um, you watch this game from Florida. Um, real true reaction from Dolphins fans. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, just curious. What were you uh, when you saw the game? You know, we literally just stopped watching it. Um, thoughts on how this how this game ended and how you felt? It was a really fun game to watch. Uh, the snow finally showed up. I was looking forward to seeing it all game. Um, but as you said, the 
overriding theme is Allen. It seems like it starts and ends with him every week, but throwing four touchdown passes, uh, tying Dan Marino for all time, most touchdowns by an NFL player in the first five seasons of his career. He's going to blow out that record, right? So today, throwing four, got him to 171. Maybe he'll break 200. Who knows? But it's, it's, it starts, starts like he's the whole team. Thank goodness he, he, uh, doesn't get injured. Like, I can't, can't say enough. Still, um, excited. Yeah, you mentioned he's the best player in the league. <laughs> he's got to be, right? I mean, you mentioned that you don't care about Josh Allen winning the MVP because what does it really matter? It's a, it's an individual accolade, you know, but when you see a game like this, I mean, has a, has another player ever mattered so much to a team as Josh Allen matters? I mean, he was 304 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 77 yards rushing. I mean, he had almost 400 yards of altogether offense just between his legs and his ability to throw the ball. I, 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 I'd be hard pressed to think of a player that that because even even in Patrick Mahomes, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a really is an amazing quarterback possibly even better than Josh Allen. But he has a run game and a schemed run game that, that Josh Allen does not have, <laughs> you know, that doesn't include him. I mean, are the Chiefs reliant on Patrick Mahomes to run for 60, 70, 80 yards per game? No. So I, without, like you said, I, I don't know if there's a more important player to their team than uh, than Josh Allen is for the Buffalo Bills. And I don't think he, earlier in the season, we thought the Bills offense was just, premiere right but as of late like it just seems like people disappear on him Knox had like drop after drop and like he, he hits hits guys in the hands uh and you just besides digs like who can you rely on um I, I think they yeah, turned it, kinda... they turned it around in the fourth quarter right thank goodness but um there were some crucial drops I thought throughout the game that left me pulling my hair out yeah, I mean, they were saying that the Bills lead the league in drops by receivers um, in the NFL, and then you know the, the Dolphins are right behind. My, mind you, the, and I know we won't get to this play later on, so I'll mention it now. That Jalen Waddle drop on third and goal, where like nobody was covering him, <laughs> uh, or if they were covering, it was poor coverage, and he just dropped it. Right? And I was just like, that looks like a that looks like an Isaiah McKenzie drop right there. <laughs> like that's that's something that the Bills are used to doing. You mentioned two uh, drop or uh, Dawson Knox uh, dropped two of those, and he they hit those they hit him right in the hands. He those were the only two targets that he missed because he caught he was six of eight for ninety eight yards and a touchdown. I thought he had a really good game, but man, minus those drops, man, you clean up those drops, and it's not just him. I mean Isaiah McKenzie, you know it's. Um, I did not realize he was six of eight. Like that's that's. I mean, six catches and the TD. Sure, like but you thought a, like eleven attempts, great, right? Yeah, great set line absent the drops, but it could have been so much better. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We still don't know how much you know Josh Allen is truly injured with that arm, and you know you could have used that as an excuse for. I mean, even up till now, but there, I mean, he was he was slinging it today. I mean, the first half, he had over 200 yards of passing and four touchdowns just in the first half. And then the offense hit a huge lull. There was three punts in a row. And then there were, then we started to see the, uh, the turnovers. Um, 
specifically uh the one that that really got me was uh Cam Lewis running into the kicker. This wasn't a turnover per se, but it led to a, the the Dolphins touchdown um a Dolphins touchdown that put them up for the first time since the first quarter was uh it was the it was one where um the Bills got stopped at their own one yard line uh or they didn't get stopped there but they didn't get very far after that they punted it they got it to the Dolphins 50 and then the Bills stopped and it was like a three and out you're like oh my gosh like this is amazing the defense has kind of been playing poor up to that point they had a few explosive plays against them and then Cam Lewis, he didn't even run into the kicker. He tackled him. Like, what, what was that? Like, you could argue, Mike, I know this is kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, if that had mattered, that tackled punt that gave the Dolphins the ball back that they then scored a touchdown on, and you add into the Dolphins, or the, I'm sorry, not the Dolphins, the Vikings game, where instead of him knocking the ball down, he tried to intercept the ball and Justin Jefferson just stripped it from him like that was almost it was almost two games that he was responsible for for losing potentially and uh luckily it didn't matter I mean I think the Bills played an amazing game for as many turnovers that they had um including that you know dumb play like that unforced errors that the Dolphins didn't have a ton of those uh credit to the Bills for for keeping keeping in it and and not letting it get to them when it, it so easily could have i did i guess I, like i'm not i haven't watched all of the dolphins games so i'm still unsure of how i guess how good they they truly are but like we've talked before like you in, in boxing you never want to let a fight go to the judges because you never know what's going to happen like if you're clearly the better team uh you take care of business and and leave no doubt you, you don't let a third party influence the outcome and the bills week to week like if they're the better team they should not be making these mental mistakes like you said roughing the kicker penalty giving them the ball back which immediately leads to a Tyreek Hill touchdown right and then I thought it ended up great but the Josh Allen touchdown to end the half like the whole time no 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 yes but a lot of times like that's not gonna happen like that was not a great executed play um and it's just eventually those things, will, I think, will catch up to you in the playoffs. You're talking specifically about the play right before the half, just to catch listeners up on it, where they, uh, what were they, up 14-13, to 13, and with eight seconds left and a timeout, but it didn't matter because Josh Allen rolled out to the right, and like at the very last second, like he always seems to do, he found a guy in the end zone with no time left on the clock. So although you said like, oh, no, 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 oh, like there was no time left, so if, if that was an incomplete pass or anything, like the, you go into the half with no points whatsoever. Whereas at least before that, you could have at least gotten a field goal and gone up four points. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. There's a lot of. Uh, I think this is a coaching thing, and I and I don't want to drag this this conversation down because the Bills did win. This is a, a momentous win. They're eleven and three for God's sake. They're doing great. But the unforced errors, and we've been talking about this since like week one, I believe. Like they were just like, okay, they did that. They shouldn't have, but it didn't matter because they still blew them out by like seventeen, twenty points, right? Like it doesn't matter. But on those games that are close enough, it truly does matter. I mean, you're talking about the Vikings game with the botched snap and Josh Allen. You're talking about the Dolphins game where, you know, he couldn't spike the ball well because he didn't get the snap. You know, he botched that snap. Like, there's there's reasons to think that if you play against a team in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl that's, you know, 
as good as the Dolphins or better, you cannot make those. Like you said, I don't. I don't know how good the the Dolphins truly are. I know they're. I know they're a good team. I know that they're not garbage like they have been the last few seasons, or or at least as as easy to beat up on. But um, yeah, you play one of those teams. Like let's say the Bengals are like that in a few in a couple of weeks. You don't beat the Bengals with a with a game like that necessarily. So yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good point, and I think that that needs to be stated. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, d- I don't want to drag this down this conversation because the Bills did win, and they won in a in a cool snow like fashion. You know, I I, I love the end of the game when Bass kicked that game winning field goal. By the way, Mike, I don't know if you could tell on the broadcast. I couldn't tell that it was even good. <laughs> like he the, they kicked it in, and and all I saw was just snowflakes. Like it felt like covering the camera lens, and I could barely see like the the referees if they were saying good or or no good huh. and i just heard the crowd scream right yeah. could, you, could yeah. you tell could you make that out easily no same same thoughts as you yeah so that was that was really that was a cool ending they all slid into the snow that was a cool uh i thought that was a fun moment as a bills fan to witness and uh and Mike, speaking of the snow being a factor, what did you think about uh, the Bills fans being warned that they were going to get a 15-yard penalty <laughs> called against them if they kept That's throwing the snowballs onto the field? That's the most thing I've ever heard of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so at first, so a lot of people, is, is it inane because you're like, how can you tell it's Bills fans that are doing it? Or like, it's inane because why would Bills fans be throwing snowballs on the field? What, what makes it inane? I mean, I... I, I th- Hmm. And in, like I've never heard of penalizing a team because of actions of fans that have nothing to do with the game, right? Like that that blows my mind. And you could easily like this sounds conspiracy theory if you talk about like oh false flag, you know. So it'd be like a a, a Dolphins fan throwing a snowball and the Bills get penalized, right? Like that's crazy. Yeah. I love conspiracy theories. Keep going. Do you have any better ones? <laughs> any deeper ones? Any more false flags? <laughs> it's just, have you ever Planted. heard of anything like that? Like them saying they're going to penalize I've, a team I've based on the fans heard. in the stands? I've never heard it's of that. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, those fans are a little rowdy over there. Um, I think we should penalize them. Yeah, that is. <laughs> uh, I get it. You know, the thing. So I thought that that was. At first, I was like, you know, I. I thought it's kind of it was funny watching it. I'm not there at the stadium, so it's kind of funny just to see like a rain of snowballs onto the field. Like as long as they're not like hitting Josh Allen or the players in the face, like who gives a crap, right? Like, and then I was just like, ah, you know what? Like, come on, like let's 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 behave, let's be adults here. And then I thought again, and then I was I posted this on Twitter. Like the Bills didn't clear out the the seats for the play or for the for the fans. Like, they were just like, here's eight inches of snow, good luck. Like, apparently they didn't have time to do that. And I posted that on Twitter, so several people that were at the game said they just didn't have enough time or people. Which, to me, that's sad. That's on the Bills, you know, stadium crew. Like, you know, if you're a four bill, if you're worth $4 billion and you can't hire an extra, you know, 100 people to dig, I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what it is. Like, that's... That's then not I'm like, wanting well, to spend that's... money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... You can do anything you want if you have money. (laughs) Like, that's laughable that they didn't, oh, we don't have enough time. Or people. Yeah, exactly. We don't have, yeah. (laughs) 
freaking tickets are going for like on the secondary market like a minimum of like $150 for the worst seats in the stadium and they can't afford or they can't pay for it. I've been watching a whole lot of Christmas carols like different versions of it. And uh there's a really dark one on Hulu for like an FX one. Did you see that one by any chance the FX Christmas Carol that came out in like 2019? No. Super dark. Super dark. And by the way, we definitely, uh, for those that have just been following us the last year or two, like we did a Christmas movie draft podcast like five years ago or six years ago when we first started. It's one of my favorite episodes. So if you ever want to search Buffalo Rumblings Christmas movie draft, definitely do. It is the time of year for it. You will enjoy it. It's a fun thing. But like I saw this one th- just just this last just a couple weeks ago. It's super dark. Like it, it get they get into like why you know, Scrooge was the way he was, and it was not pretty, but um, they mentioned that he, like, doesn't pay for the right timber in the mines of one of his, uh, of one of the coal mines that he and Marley owned, so, like, because of it, like, a hundred miners and, like, 20 horses died, like, you know, in the mines just because they didn't feel like springing for the extra, they wanted to do pine timbers instead of, like, whatever timbers are, I don't know, it was, like, something of that effect, and yeah, they... A bunch of people. So yeah, that was basically like the Bagulas tonight, is what I'm saying. Wow. <laughs> the Bagulas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What a connection. It's. But yeah, it, it's kind of ridiculous. Like they knew the snow was coming. This wasn't new news. It wasn't like a a cold front or a blizzard that came in out of nowhere. Uh, they knew this for time. So so yeah. Wall of shame. The Bagulas. <laughs> Just stadium operations. How did how did they not know that that was going to happen? So anyways, but yeah. Don't throw the snowballs, but at the same time, it was pretty funny, and I enjoyed it. All right, so we kind of started on stats of the game. So let me kind of continue along that path. Uh, we mentioned Josh Allen, 304 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and 10 attempts for 77 yards rushing. Devin Singletary, next leading rusher, 13 carries for 42 yards, uh, which is pretty good for, you know, Devin Singletary, four yards a carry. And then you have James Cook, who was five attempts for 34 yards. He had almost seven yards per carry. So not utilized a lot, but had some good rushes. Dawson Knox was the leading receiver. We mentioned um, six receptions on eight targets for 98 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, five receptions on nine targets for 60 yards. Uh, Gabe Davis, 56 yards. Devin Singletary, 28 yards. And then Isaiah McKenzie, 24 yards. Quinton Morris, by the way, with the uh, that touchdown. That's a great catch by Quinton Morris. One one catch, one target, 14 yards, one touchdown. And then Naeem Himes. Jeez, I was going down the list. He also had that uh, that uh, reception for that one reception for 10 yards. The Bills finally getting use out of him after the trade deadline. One reception, 10 yards, uh, one touchdown. And then James Cook, I forgot, had a touchdown too today. Uh, three targets, two receptions, five yards, one touchdown. So. On the dolphin side of the ball, Tua Tagovailoa. Mike, usually we do a fire emoji rating for Josh Allen each week. I mean, can we both agree it's a five out of five? Like, yes. I mean, there's a couple of mistakes, but okay, okay, All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the part where John would normally say if he was on the podcast, he'd be like, "Give me seventeen out of five. Uh, Is that why you've decided not to renew him? Yes, that's why. John's contract has been canceled. <laughs> uh, just like the Pagulas, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough money or people <laughs> to to for these for these extra costs to the podcast. Um, uh, let's see, we got Tuga Tua Tuga Viola, seventeen for thirty, two hundred and thirty-four yards, two 
touchdowns, zero interceptions. Raheem Mostert, Mike, Raheem Mostert, 17 attempts, 136 yards, zero touchdowns. Dude, Raheem Mostert, like, <clears throat> the Bills could not tackle him very well today. It was so funny. The, 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 they were running the ball really well, and the Miami Dolphins should have kept running it, <laughs> like, as much as they possibly could, in my opinion. Um, I thought that they were doing okay passing the ball, to be honest. Like, there was that huge Jalen Waddle play, um, which there were a lot of splash plays by the Dolphins today. No pun intended. Uh, there was that Raheem Moser 68-yard run, where I counted at least four missed tackles for the Bills. Mike, let's talk about that play real quick, because I know it won't come up later. Um, it was in the first quarter... Mostert had that 68-yard run, and it was—it felt like everyone was just trying to arm tackle him or, like, trying to punch the ball out, but he is so stinking fast that, like, he just ran past them, and then they couldn't catch up, and he was by the sidelines. It's like, dude, just bump him into the—just bump him out of bounds, and the players were just— I, I feel like there's a time and a place for, like, a peanut punch or whatever, like, strip the ball out. It's like if a guy's going down or you've got him, like— wrapped up like hey why not punch it out and it seemed like the bills were just if, if we were talking about like common themes this season maybe josh allen having to you know hold up the entire offense while dealing with drops while dealing with offensive line injuries and then another theme i'd say this season was poor tackling by the bills defense i mean it's just it's just not good just not good and, and today was a perfect example of it it haven't it hasn't felt that bad to me since they played the titans and derrick henry like i, I was surprised oh. surprised how rough the the run defense looked oh i'm sorry i i didn't mean specifically the run defense i just meant tackling in general it just feels like the bills are missing you, you don't get that feeling you don't you haven't gotten that feeling since last year in the titans game it just it stuck in my head it reminiscent of feeling like geez they, they can't bring him down yeah, I think I think for me it's more it's not necessarily uh, a specific player. It's just sloppy. Like not that they can't take guys down. It's just that they didn't. Like last week we were talking about like the Bills defense having a dominating performance over the Jets like run game, and I was like that was great to see. I was like, but they could have been better. Like there would there'd be a play where like a defensive lineman would like knife through the backfield, and then he'd like stop the ball carrier three yards in the background or in the backfield. But, like, he wouldn't stop him. He would just kind of pause him. You know, and then the guy would just slip through and then get to the line of scrimmage and then get another two yards and then finally get tackled. It's like, yeah, you know, he only got two yards. Sure. But you could have had him for a three-yard loss. So, you know, yeah. when you look at the difference of the play, five yards. Anyway, so that's another – that play specifically stood out to me as a, as, a, as a play that the Bills probably wish they could have had back. Um the Jalen Waddle 67-yard touchdown at the beginning of the third quarter was another one. Um, just a blown coverage. Just a blown coverage by the Bills secondary, um, which we, we're not used to seeing. We really miss Micah Hyde back there. And I think a lot of uh, uh, Bills Mafia on Twitter said so after that play. It's like, man, if, if, if Micah Hyde was back there, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> All right. Do you ever get sick of the, the animal nicknames? The penguin, the cheetah. <laughs> for players you I mean get it <laughs> yeah. uh, the dolphins well, well, offensive well, the receiver specifically what would you prefer if they weren't like inanimate objects you just don't throw it in my face guy 
Don't throw it in the main face or you're so fast. <laughs> I like the waddle. The waddle's kind of funny because it's like it doesn't have to do with him being like amazing. It's just yeah. like, oh, he's, yeah. his last name is Waddle. He just yeah. waddles like a penguin. Okay, right, that's kind of funny. A little self-deprecating <laughs> penguins are. Better. A little self-deprecating, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have been like, guys, stop calling me that. <laughs> you know, that never goes well. By the way, if you're listening to this show, if somebody ever starts to make fun of you, it never goes well. It'd be like, guys, quit it. <laughs> you know, guys, don't call me that. Well, because that's going to be your nickname. As soon as you do that, that's going to be your nickname <laughs> for, for the rest of your life or until you end that friendship with those group of people. Um, Cheetah is just like, well, he's really fast. Like, that's not even creative. It doesn't even, that's not even as good as Captain Cook. Like, that's not even on the same playing field right cheetah okay we get it he's fast like let's think of the fastest thing we could think of right pretty basic it'd be it'd be different if it's like if his name was like tyreek like rita and it's like oh rita the cheetah like yeah that's good man that's good stuff mm. but you know maybe it should have something to do with as... hill <laughs> <laughs> like I'll die on this hill. Die. They'll die on this hill. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking of things like, I mean, it's speed too. So you could say like, what's something fast that goes down a hill? I don't know. <laughs> There's got to be something else. That's why That's why you and I need to like come. <laughs> Tyreek the Rock. <laughs> But then the rock would be like <laughs> W sweet TF man. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> you know, I feel like I feel like my dad always told me growing up, going downhill, he's like, Oh, if you're ever if you're ever being chased by a bear, which is such a funny thing to say, because we live in like an area where like no bears are, <laughs> like mm. a, like we'd have to be on vacation somewhere and like meet up with a bear, mm. right? Essentially, it's not like we live. It's not like we live in the Adirondacks or like I don't know the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like you know when you go outside and you run across a bear standing in the backyard looking at you. Is he his advice was always like run downhill. Bears can't run downhill that fast. But like now that I'm older, I think about that phrase or that lesson that he was trying to teach me. It's like, yeah, but they still run faster downhill than I probably do. <laughs> like, like I'm not a great runner downhill either. I mean, I could fall, I could trip, <laughs> just become a meal at the bottom of the hill <laughs> as he waddles down to the hill, <laughs> the bottom of the hill. It's just like, ah, oh, he's still hurt from falling down that hill. Anyway, can bears run um, downhills? He made it sound like, like they didn't. Like... <laughs> no, no, no. I think hills. I think bears run downhill. It's not like they see a hill and they're just like, "Well, there's a meal. I guess I'm just leaving it." Like, like they don't know when the next one's coming along, right? So, I think they're just not as fast. But what's funny is like, just like any dad advice out there, it was never backed up with anything. It's just like, yeah, I was reading the National Geographic and this guy got away. It was just like, I heard a guy say at a bar once. Like, that was his advice. That's where his advice came from. <laughs> like, okay, all right. <laughs> the internet says, is um, running downhill a way to avoid an aggressive bear? Answer, both black and grizzly bears can run just as fast downhill as they do uphill and won't hesitate <laughs> to and can easily outrun even the fastest human. They will kill you and eat you. Don't listen to this terrible, terrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> was that last sentence you or was that the that was that me, that last sentence. 
You're right. Well, man. Maybe Before the dad, internet, you just accepted anything people told just you. Accepted. If they were oh, older than you. My dad. My dad must know exactly. You always had a good point, and you you and I have talked about this in person, but never on the podcast. Is that like our parents have got to be so pissed that the internet exists, right? <laughs> like this is the worst. This is the worst gener. It's so. It's so. Um, Apropos that the baby boomer generation is the one that gets the internet first because of this reason. So if you could explain it, please explain that because I think you do it very succinctly about why why it stinks that that they were the first generation to have the oldest generation to have the internet really or or whatnot or or it, at least to to have it come full circle. Can you remind me? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I, I'll probably butcher it. So feel free to step in whenever, but. Basically saying, like, for every other generation up until the baby boomer generation as, like, senior citizens, like, every other generation as senior citizens were treated as, like, as, like, like the like the tribal elders, right? Like, the people mm. with the most wisdom of the area. Like you said, like, if my dad told me, you know, before the internet, like, you should run downhill, I, I, I'd be, I, I did think up until you just said that, like, maybe he's right. <laughs> like, maybe that's what I should do. Mm. Well, if I'm ever in, you know, but clearly now that you've read the internet, I would be dead. Like, I would not have been, you know, there, there's no, there's no reason for me to ever have run downhill. <laughs> I'd be looking for a hill. I'd probably be running in circles trying to find a mm. hill. Mm. And I'd end up dying on the hill. I'd find a hill to die on. So you were saying, like, the funny thing about that is, like, you can prove that they're wrong now. <laughs> like, mm. before that, before the Internet, you could never prove that any of their ancestors or grandparents or whatever parents or grandparents before them were full of shit. <laughs> like, now, now we have a way to prove, like, no, nah, that's not right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, what's your evidence? Think, what's your proof of that? I think the that? speed with which... Because, like, if you wanted to disprove that before, you'd have to go to the library, look it up in the Dewey Decibel system, take out a book, read that book, just to find the sent <laughs> hope the sentence was in there. <laughs> and it would be a month later, and you'd be like, hey. <laughs> and they'd be like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> Were you even talking? So you could I didn't just, say like, that. Pull it out of your... I didn't say that. <laughs> Or they'd be like, I spew so much bullshit each and every week of my life. Like, I can't be <laughs> held accountable for this one thing I said. <laughs> yeah, like, every one of them, every single grandparent or parent or before that, great-grandparent before that, it was just like, yeah, they're obviously right. They've lived the longest. Yeah. And they were never, ever questioned. And those folks, those our great-grandparents or whatever, died thinking that they were the smartest because mm. nobody could question them unless they were a professor or whatever, right? Now, this this generation, the baby boomer generation that is like grandparent and older age is just like, well, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, I I should be treated as like the, the, the patriarchal or matriarchal character that I am. And instead, I'm always questioned. I'm proven that I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> Whereas, like, you and I, when we get to that age, like, we'll just be like, yeah, you have to, like, prove what the hell you're saying. <laughs> and they're just like, this bull, you know, <laughs> they're pissed. Rightfully so. Probably a, a large you, function um, of that is just, like, how quickly, right? If you, you go from being an oracle to a bullshit artist, like, in the space of a week when someone gets Google <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> you go from being an oracle to like the town drunk just by like like status wise and like knowledge wise i'm trying to think of someone that's even worse than like the town drunk and like th that time <laughs> or like you know yeah um 
it reminds me, there was this girl we went to high school with I, it, before the internet was really in, like, it existed, but it was still in its infancy, you know, like, it was just like, oh, cool, you can download MP3s and, you know, look at things you're not supposed to. So there was, like, <laughs> the, the ability to, like, really branch out and understand things in high school wasn't as good as it is now. So uh, there was this girl that we went to high school with and we had a class with that you always used to, like, uh, not quarrel with but like always used to like and I can't give her out her last name just in case by any chance she hears this but um, I remember hey, what, taking your lead because what what did her first name sound like oh her name was Sarah you're supposed to disguise names man oh Shmira <laughs> I'll put it in okay. the group chat you want me to do the group chat <laughs> okay Shmira. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> Tara. There's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I meant Tara, and uh, and I remember she was a know-it-all, right? Like, because you know, she was she was for all intents and purposes like a very intelligent person, especially where she ended up like finishing in the class that we graduated in. And uh, one time, I remember my sister who was studying like biology in like college. And she told me this interesting thing is like, there's no muscles in the, in the hand, she said, or something to that effect. Some, no muscles in the hand. I can't even remember what BS she told me. And I remember talking to this girl about something else. I was like, oh, did you know that there's no muscles in the hand or something like that? And she's like, yes, there is. And I'm like, no, there's not. <laughs> and she's like, yes, there is. There's definitely muscles in the hand or something to that effect. It was either muscles or ligaments or tendons. I can't remember what it was. I was like, oh, yeah? So I went home that night. <laughs> I found my sister that was either was in college or something. And I said, where does it show you in your textbook? That, that, you know? And I found the textbook, and I brought an extra freaking college textbook at school the next day just to prove to Tara <laughs> that there were, in fact, muscles in the hand. There were no muscles in the hand based on this. And I and I brought, like, I put a bookmark in the book, and I have it, like, I had memorized exactly where in the text because I didn't want to highlight it. It wasn't my book. <laughs> and, like, where it was. And don't I, like, show up? And it was a heavy book, right? Like, we have heavy books in high school. College are bigger and heavier. What a waste of time and energy spent. But I had to prove that I was right. So I brought it to class, the first class I had with her that day. And I opened it up. I said, hey, remember how you said there were, uh, well, look at this. <laughs> Here you can show. I have the proof. I have the evidence. <laughs> And she's just like, instead of being like, huh, you're right. What do you know? <laughs> As you would suspect, she got super defensive about it, <laughs> being like a bitch about it. It was just like, well, who cares? You know, no, 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 no. Like, oh, shut up. <laughs> just, just take the L, okay? It's like Dolphins fans. Just take the L, okay? You lost. That's all right. It's okay. You can't win them all. You know, you don't have to be indignant about it. Like uh, like the baby boomer generation is now with us. Uh, not, to try to, not to try to, like, ridicule any baby boomers that may be listening, but it's a funny back and forth. You went after – I think I took a lesson out of your book as far as, like, going after this girl specifically because she was so – it was almost – not arrogant with her intelligence, but just like, you know, you were you were pretty combative with this with Tara in class. Of like, I think you made a point to like try to prove her wrong. I feel like she did something to you in a previous grade where you're just like, I'm gonna get her back. <laughs> Do you remember this at all specifically? Not really. No. 
It was one of the best parts of class, like because if we were in a group together, which I tried to be in a group with you because we were really good friends, I would try to just like. It, we had one with her. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be. I like get the popcorn out because like you were gonna like, like try to get her with haymakers and like, and I think we didn't know a whole lot about it. I think she might have been on the spectrum a little bit, <laughs> like you know, not in a bad way or anything. Like I think she might have been like just very intelligent and like she couldn't handle when people questioned her or like thought that she wasn't the smartest person in the room, and you'd be like, oh, well, what about this? <laughs> She'd be like, well, I don't. I don't know, Mike. And like, well, what about this? Have you thought about this? <laughs> I haven't really. Th- well, I'm sure maybe it does sometimes. But <laughs> well, you're gonna say this sometimes, and I'll... anyway, so it was funny. That was Man. that was my favorite part. Anyway, we're, that we're off story topic. Makes me sound like an asshole. <laughs> you were a little bit of a of a jerk to her for sure, but it was all she kind of needed to be taken down a notch. You know, there are some people out there. It's not just like smart people, like just arrogance or like whatever of someone some people that just like i think she ended up being valedictorian whatnot which is such bs because like anyway i'm not gonna get into this (laughs) this is a topic for another different podcast it's not about the buffalo bills but um those were stats of the game brought to oh wait jalen waddle was the next leading receiver was was the leading receiver for the Dolphins, three receptions on seven targets for 114 yards and one touchdown. Tyreek Hill, nine receptions on 13 targets, 69 yards, one touchdown, and a bunch of other guys. So those were stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we're going to go into our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game and our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers and maybe some hot takes. We'll see. Uh, so stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills' 32-29 to victory over the Miami Dolphins. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm with my co-host, Mike, on this uh, this pre-Christmas episode. This will be the last episode, I think, that we air before Christmas. So, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone out there listening to this. Uh, it's going to be a great week leading up to the Bills playing on Christmas Eve. Um that's going to be an interesting one. I don't think we're going to be able to record that night. I mean, it's Christmas Eve night. It's kind of a big deal for families and whatever everywhere. And plus, I don't know how many of you are really going to be listening to it on Christmas Day while you're out and about. But uh, we'll try to post it Christmas night or the day after Christmas night or something like that. We'll figure something out, but uh, we'll have thoughts on it. Um, Mike, let's go into Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game. Um, I'm going to... Ah, man. Do you have one? I, I kind of go between a couple of them, but uh, but do you have a sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game that, that sticks out to you the most? I mean, I guess it'd have to be the game-winning field goal, right? Like, if we're talking sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game. I don't know, because I think any, any kicker in the NFL can make that kick, but 
not a lot of quarterbacks can make the plays Allen made down down the stretch. So for me, it's it's the two point play, the the equalizer, Allen's run where he, I mean, man, game of inches where he just gets it across the line. Oh, that was a good one. That was a really good point. The two point conversion upheld. By the way, like of course we don't get a replay of that before the commercial break. Like why would we ever? Like you know, that's just it's one of the frustrating parts about football broadcasting is it's not really intuitive or something or you want to replay back and instead of getting the replay back like we're watching Allen like get Gatorade from the from the equipment guys um I uh that was a really good one um I'm gonna give it to and this like I mean if we're talking sweet sassy molassy play of the game um before the half before the end of the first half um, just that rollout play where it ended up working out where it could have easily gone the other way. Um, I mean, Josh Allen just working his magic and James Cook catching that touchdown to go 21-13 to before the end of the half. Uh, that was really cool. That that was obviously my favorite play. We talked about that. If I had to do another favorite play, um, this is going to sound weird because, uh, I mean, there were some good plays in this. There's some really good plays in the second half. Simply, I'm thinking about like the defensive pass interference on Isaiah McKenzie. Um, being really meaningful at that point, but Josh Allen's 44-yard run in the fourth quarter uh, was just, um, I mean, man, it was otherworldly. It, it, it didn't score points specifically, but it set them up for that um, for that touchdown, for that Knox five-yard touchdown reception where they got that two-point conversion that you just mentioned that put them at a tie at 29-29. The Bills had gotten almost nothing done on offense up until that run, it felt like. And it was just, I thought it just kind of kick-started their, they were down, you know, 26-21, and, uh, or I'm sorry, 29-21, and that, that one is just kind of, it, it kick-started their comeback, I'll say. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's just the way it felt to me. I mean, you know, honorable mention to the other one, but uh, it was like, okay. So I thought of this, thought of this, Mike. Um you can kind of relate to this because you're an uncle, so you have nieces and nephews running around and stuff like that. And I have two kids. Like, kids do stupid stuff all the time, right? Like, they jump off of things that they shouldn't jump off of. They run headfirst into things they shouldn't have. Like, they always put themselves in harm way. I feel like that's, like, a thing kids do. I decided that whenever, like, Josh runs, it's the same way. Like, so, like, like my son will, like, we have, like, like a two-step drop between, like, our kitchen and our living room. Like, there's just, like, a little stairwell. So, like, Sometimes my son will just like take a running start all, all out of nowhere from the kitchen and just jump into the living room like full speed, right? Mm. And in my head, like when that happens, like there's this feeling like I get like where it feels like my balls are being pulled up into my stomach. And like that's how I feel like when Josh runs every single time and when he gets hit and when he gets tackled, when he's fall, you know, thrown to the ground. And I'm just like, please get up, please get up. Oh, God. Whew. Okay. All right. All right. So. That's that's my likeness to whenever Josh Allen takes a run, and after that run, and there was a there was another run after that too where he got um, tackled out of bounds, and there's a penalty flag, a 15 yard penalty flag on that. Um, and every time, man, he gets just like, please get up, please get up, like you know. Anyway, um, maybe that's a discussion for next year. Like, get get one ring, and then put him in glass. Or uh, put him under glass for the regular season. He can only do that in the playoffs. 
your own house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't ever do that ever again until, yeah. Get that one ring under you. Do whatever you got to do to get that one ring, and then, yeah, we're playing it safe. <laughs> we're playing prevent defense with you running the ball hmm. um, for the rest of your career. Um, was there a Gettysburg play of the game or a game that kind of was a turning point to you that kind of sticks out? I mean, I thought the play you mentioned to end the half, like, because if you were a Dolphins fan, it was, it's, the best outcome you could, you dare not hope for the Bills eight seconds left, one touchdown for them to come away with no points. And you see double zeros on the clock and Allen's still scrambling around. You're like, yes, this is the greatest thing. So as a, as a, as a Dolphins fan, if you're a player, like, and then for the Bills to score in that situation, that's got to be so demoralizing. Uh, and you can see like the Bills play, the, obviously the team, the fans just erupts and it changed the atmosphere of the game, I thought. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe that should be like the litmus test for a Gettysburg of the game is like if you're a fan of the opposite team, which play is most likely a dagger in your heart? Like you're just like, oh, like, oh, like, you know, because you could put yourself in the, sh- in the in the shoes of a Dolphins fan at the, at the end of the half being like, I'm like, OK, well, this is this is going to be amazing. He's going to throw it incomplete. The Bills aren't going to get any points. And by the way, this is ex- this is we saw the opposite happen in the first meeting against the Dolphins. Because in that first meeting, before the end of the half, the Bills did not get a field goal. They botched a snap, and then they threw it to Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs went out of bounds, and they didn't get a field goal. They didn't get anything out That's of it. Right. And that was like, as a Dolphins fan, you're just like, oh, my God, this is the best of all worlds. That almost happened tonight. And uh, Josh Allen pulled one out of his backside and ended up being okay. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I like that one for everything that you mentioned. All right, let's go into Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame. Let's start with the Wall of Fame. I mean, it's Josh Allen, right? Like, do we even need to say anything? It's Josh Allen in the Wall of Fame. Yes. Do you want to give an honorable mention to anyone? Anyone that sticks out to you? Dawson Knox, maybe? Uh, having not, a with game? The, not it's with like, the two drops. <laughs> not with the drops, right? Not with the drops that hit you in the hands. and Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I, can't, I, I had him on my list, but like after talking about it and thinking about it, yeah. I thought Shaq Lawson had a decent game, but not Wall of Fame worthy. Um, here's 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 a deep cut for Wall of Fame. Third and Cole nickname coming back with Cole Beasley being signed, re-signed to the practice squad. So that was good. He was active tonight. Saw one target. He had one catch. Third and Cole is back, baby. The nickname is back. The player is back. Everything is back. I wish I could only wish John was here on this podcast to really appreciate that 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 happened. So did I tell you? So it's it's no secret, Mike, that you hate that nickname, correct? Correct. <laughs> did I tell you on social media that somebody tried to say that we didn't come up with a nickname? And mind you, like all these nicknames that we come up on the podcast, like most of them, I mean, unless it's subconsciously over, like, you know, we've talked about it or I've seen it on social media, for the most part, it's like, you know, it's something that we come up with or we usually try to credit, like, oh, yeah, I've seen it on social media or whatever. Like, Third and Cole was something like I just organically came up with. Which makes sense why I liked it so much and why you guys did not like it so much because <laughs> you guys didn't come up with it and you saw the flaws in it. But what's funny is somebody brought it up to me like, oh, yeah, third and Cole, like, blah, blah, blah. And it was in this thread of, like, a Twitter. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that's really cool. Like, I'm surprised someone ma- – oh, I heard someone else mention it the other day. And they're like, yeah, like, I love third and Cole. Like, I love the nickname. I was like, oh, my co-hosts hate it, you know, like, or whatever, just joking. And they're like, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, third and Cole, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody came in out of nowhere – from like 
that was not part of the thread. It was just like, yeah, I don't think you guys came up with it. I've seen it a bunch of places. And I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I, we absolutely came up with it because I fight week over week, week after week with it with my co-host about trying to defend this nickname that they both hate and that I still like and that some people around it. So then they'll start tweeting about it because they'll see, you know, is it, there's definitely a psychological thing where if like you see it enough times, then you're just like, I came up with it or like, or other people, you didn't come up with it because I've seen it other places. You know what I mean? Like, like, Hey, no, let me take credit for this thing that like my co-hosts hate. And that, and then what I said is like, we talk about it on our podcast. We were talking about it for like two or three years and then he shut up about it. But like, it wasn't until I brought that up that they were just like, "Yeah, I don't. I've seen it other places. I don't think it came up." I'm like, "Oh, okay, thanks, guy." <laughs> just like, how come you're gonna take this away from me? Well, how come? What about Captain Cook? <laughs> hmm. Isn't that funny? I didn't read it anywhere because I started. Then I'm like, "Well, did I come out?" So I started searching Third and Cole on Twitter, and I started going to like the latest tweet, the latest tweet, the latest, the earliest tweet, the earliest tweet. Kept scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And by the way, if you search anything at all on Twitter, for the most part, like something like pornographic is eventually about to come up. (laughs) If you search third and cold long enough, like you'll eventually find porn. Like it's the worst search function ever is Twitter. And uh, yeah, help Elon get rid of some of that in the search bar. I'll enjoy it a little bit more. Anyway, I I guess I can't be sure, man. (laughs) What can't you be sure about? Like I I have no idea who like did. Oh like, no! I know! I know you. Is haven't. it possible? Because because we're talking like oh, you hear stuff enough places, um, like it's a psychological phenomenon, right? Like you hear something different times. Like eventually, you think you came up with it. Like so, people think they created Beatles songs. Like I've heard Eminem like has to like put things he comes up with. He has to Google to make sure he's not reusing his own stuff from twenty years ago. You know, because you're, you're just taking in so much information, like. You don't know where you came up with. It's kind of tangential to what we're talking about, but I didn't know if you're asking me directly. Did you like? No, 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 no. I mean, I think I came up with it, but like, I mean, there's a small possibility. Like, I I read it once. I'm like, oh, that's clever because I can't remember all the crap I read. That's really funny that you said that about Eminem. Eminem does that because he's just like he has to Google his own lyrics to be like. So he's like, he'll be like, you know, writing down lyrics, and he's like, oh, this is. Uh, this sounds like a good song, this right? Is gold. Like, this is gold. This is Jerry, gold, gold, right? Like, <laughs> you know, mom's spaghetti. You know, <laughs> getting nervous. I, 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 I'm trying to pull up the lyrics. How come I can't pull them up? Mm. Uh, or he's like, did Vanilla Ice Hi, steal that lyric? I'm like, big, I feel like you. I'm told your biggest me. fan. <laughs> I'm your, Stan. I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> I wrote to you last week. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't write me back. Um, what about iced tea or ice vanilla ice? Vanilla ice. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that was the funny thing that he used to do on what was it Rome or something like that, or some some show uh, where he'd say um, they'd be like no 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 like like the. Dun, 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 yes, dun. I remember you like, telling me this ice, story. Ice. <laughs> and then he'd be like, people would be like, well, that's just bitten from like under pressure from David Bowie. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, see, what theirs was like, dun, 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 and ours was dun, 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 dun. <laughs> just like a, exactly like a quarter thing. beat different. <laughs> the same exact thing, like even when he said it. No, 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 man. Completely different. <laughs> There's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
which I would say too, especially if I didn't want to get sued for anything. So, uh, let's see. So we did Wall. We did Sweet Sassy Molassi play the game. Gettysburg play the game. Wall of Fame is definitely Josh and Third and Cole being Brack. Wall of Shame, Mike. I was gonna. I'm giving it to Cam Lewis. I don't think there's any other person that specifically comes out as bad as Cam Lewis, especially after that play. After that, like monumental, like I don't know, like that gaff of just. And if he hadn't done it earlier in the season, like it would still be noticeable because it was an important game and it was a, it was a terrible play that cost the Bills, but. Um, we've seen it before from him in the Vikings game specifically, especially for a guy that has like limited snaps as it is already. Uh, yeah, he's on my wall of shame. What about you? Yeah, for that game, that that's the the boneheaded play that sticks out for sure. Honorable mention to Matt Ryan, who gave <laughs> our arch rival uh, a Super Bowl ring at twenty eight three when we all thought the game was over, right? And then uh, today, taking the comeback away from us. So, yeah, yeah, Matt Ryan sucks. <laughs> like that's he's the worst. You're right. Giving our division rival a Super Bowl, blowing the biggest. But the the good thing is now Sal Capaccio brought this up, and it's important for Bills fans. Is the Bills have still have the greatest postseason comeback in NFL history. It's just not the greatest comeback in NFL history. So. You know, we don't like we all something. those qualifiers, do we? Oh, it's, it's the greatest comeback uh, Saturday on a full moon. Like, come on. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, man. I, uh, let's see. That's a good one. I like Matt Ryan. I'm going to give it to Jerry Sullivan uh, for... Now, Mike, I know you're not on social media a ton, but uh, for those that didn't know, Jerry Sullivan was a writer for the Niagara Gazette, I think. Some some other newspaper, and uh, it was funny because after we talked about it after the pie or after the yeah after the podcast recap last week where he came out and said, you know, he didn't even ask a question to Josh. He's like, that doesn't look like a Super Bowl, you know, winning offense. He's just like, okay, you know. And I talked about the Vince Vince Vaughn thing from old school, um, and then. Like if that wasn't enough, like people are kind of pissed about that. They've been pissed with Jerry for a while. He's kind of, he's kind of like one of those agitator media members, which you kind of need to a point. But like he's just so negative, and it, like it's, it goes beyond being. Anyway, someone, someone, he was on a, a live stream, and he came up and it was just like, you know, there was a a woman over social media that was criticizing him, saying like. You know, and it was a valid criticism. It wasn't she's just like, you suck. Like, she said something point to the point it was just like, you know, it sounds like you're just doing something for views or whatever. And he came out and he said, like, women, be better. He's like, because women really are the worst sports fans. Like, that's almost verbatim to what he said. And it was just like, wow, like, that is that is a terrible take. Uh, I know we have a lot of, like, female listeners, and I know that you know, like I, I came from like my my mom is a is a Bills fan. My dad's not even a Bills fan. He's he's a big fan of giving advice on Bears chasing you, but he's not a Bills fan. He's just, I mean, he likes the Bills. He'll watch them and he'll try to talk with me, but it's mostly just so he can hear himself talk. <laughs> like you know, like most dads, it's right? Like so, everyone. Yeah. Uh, like like everyone. True. It's not just my dad, but it's everyone. Um and. And so, like, I took offense to him saying that. I was like, that's kind of BS. Like, that's definitely not, like, and they're definitely not, and he's mentioned that they're all cheerleaders. They don't like critical journalism. 
so we mentioned the arrogance of like people not being able to like think past themselves or think outside themselves as to like this is what I like how can you it's obviously critical journalism it's not just like they just want to be cheerleaders it's like maybe you're just not doing a good job like maybe people just don't like there's plenty of other media reporters that can do the same thing that don't piss off fans so um, so I did this Four Falls of Buffalo video or Four Falls of Jerry Sullivan video you can check it out on Instagram and and, and Twitter or whatever uh, I think it's on Facebook too but but yeah so I thought that was Jerry Sullivan is in my wall of shame. I didn't mind that he got let go. I don't. I have this weird thing where I don't like people seeing people lose their livelihood over stuff. But uh, I mean, when you piss off half your fan base and you're just like, women are really the worst, and you say that after you're already getting under heat for something else. I mean, that's just dumb. It's just dumb. You're in the public eye. Like, just you shouldn't even think that you shouldn't even think that and then not only that to think that and then just to come out and say that like that's arrogance on another level and it's ignorance so anyway my wall of shame so let's do something real quick mike um i know we're gonna end this episode really soon but uh i wanted to do some quick hot takes it's always fun to do this on an episode like this uh where the bills are luckily victorious but um i had said does anyone have a hot take for this Bills game. Bill Lasso writes, Dorsey is an issue. Bring back Bees. Bringing back Bees was a great move. I saw him coaching up Josh, and I read that Josh's. Re- I read that, that was Josh's request, which is true. That's what I read, too. Mile take, in real life, I don't say Allen or Josh. Just Josh Allen. <laughs> that was our discussion last week, John, or Mike, where we talked about, you and I and John talked about do you call him Josh? Do you call him Allen? Do you call him Josh Allen? Whatever it is. I say Josh, you say Allen. So it's different for everyone. With Beasley, like, hate- he's going to be on the practice squad going forward, right? Because you can call up veterans three times during the regular season. And then during the playoffs, you can just bring them up unlimited times. I, th- I thought so that's a way around the, like the 53-man roster aspect. I, th- I, thought th- I thought you were only allowed to bring them up three times, including the playoffs. If you wanted to do a fourth time, you actually have to sign them to a contract, I think. I believe that's the case. So um, they brought him up. It, they, that's why they didn't make John Brown active, I think, today. It's because if they do it one more time, they have to sign him to a contract. So hmm. uh, I think that's what they're waiting for. To see, maybe to see how these guys are going to play, put them in situations like, do we want to put them on a vet minimum contract or what? Uh E.J. Tharp writes, hot take, Allen went Pedro Serrano on the Dolphins and said, F you, I'll do it myself for that victory. Less hot take, our defense practices using flag football techniques. It's the only explanation for how many tackles we miss. Yep, that should have been on the wall of shame for a uh, honorable mention. Wall of shame. Defensive tackling, which we mentioned earlier. Bryce Erdwine writes, our run defense is better than recent past, but man, the tackling. Yeah. Salsa Knuckles writes, Dorsey was awful, awful in the third quarter, trying to push the ball down the field on every play with third string center and guard, bailed out by the football gods invoking snow, angered by cheese coach shirt stunt. (laughs) So, Mike, we didn't talk about Mitch Morris being injured, and that's a huge loss. And then Ryan Bates didn't play also, which was another big loss. And you would think, in those instances, wouldn't they just, like dial up some quick slants or something like that some short passing plays 
Like, instead of, like, hey, seven-step dropbacks, you know, like, wait to see if someone's open. You know what I mean? Like, did you get that feeling at all after Mitch Morse went out? Because that was a pretty big loss during the game. Yeah, for sure. Big R writes, now this is an interesting take. Big R, hot take, Dorsey did great when it mattered most. See, I, I, I agree with that, but then part of me wonders, was it, Dor- it was Dorsey that dialed up that 44-yard run? So, yeah, I mean, that was definitely a run play. It was not a, uh, a pass play, so... I mean, he took that ball one second and just ran with it. Shotgun. Garsh writes, love that the snow played a factor. Yeah. Especially when it started to come down the second half. You're like, I think we got this. I think we got this. Super Bowl champs. Super Bowl 57 champs at Saks. Dave writes, hot take. I think the Bills are trying to kill me. <laughs> yeah. I think they're trying to, uh, to give us all heart attack. Stu McAllister writes, it wasn't pretty, but we won. Tackling has got to improve, though. Woo-wee. <laughs> Daniel Burr writes, if the Bills start to stumble, all I need to do is clean the toilets in the house. You're welcome, Bills Mafia. I like that. I like the fact that he takes that time to be productive if he's just like, oh, I can't watch this game. I'm, all right, all right, all right. I just got to use this nervous energy and do something productive. I like that. I like that. I wonder what other people do in the fan base to kind of, if I just like sidle in more, like I'll just not move at all an inch because I'm like nervous or worried or whatever. Mike, what do you do in those moments? Do you walk around? Do you stand up? What do you do? I eat. <laughs> if that was the case, it, like you'd be so overweight from the drought. Like you'd have been like you. You'd be what is that? My eight hundred pound life. <laughs> How did you not recommend a Christmas Carol before now? Just reading about it on Wikipedia it has everything. Oh, the twenty nineteen FX one. Yeah, it's, tr- it's streaming yeah, on Hulu. It's good. Language, it's good. Nudity, horror. Everything. Oh yeah, yeah, nudity. Yep. Oh yeah, girl nudity too. Which is if you like that, that's the stuff. Um, it's it's like <laughs> it's really it's really cool. It's it's now my favorite one. That's like an adult one. Not that, not that there really are a whole lot of adult ones, right? Think about it. But um, it's good. I don't know how true to the book it is. I never actually read the book, but. Like it is, it is dark, man. Hopefully, you haven't read too much where it just gives everything away. I texted my brother-in-law. I'm like, dude. He's like, I was like, you were telling me about this, this. It's like a two-hour, you know, sh- movie. And I was like, I, I can't believe I didn't see it. He's like, yeah. He's like, I think I like it that much because I can relate to it. I'm like, man, you had some dark crap happen to you if you think that. <laughs> but I didn't want to get into a longer text message, so I'm like, lol. <laughs> 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 Instead of asking him, like, hey, dude, you okay? I'm just like, yeah, right, LOL. <laughs> that always ends the text. Um, Sports on Tap Detroit writes, the amount of big plays this defense gives up, especially on long yardage situations, is alarming. Especially, that's a, that's a great point, especially because the Bills aren't getting them on their side of the ball um, as often as the Dolphins were. Man, did you see that? Uh, speaking of that, the Bills... We're trying to uh, stop a play, and uh, and Josh missed Stephon Diggs, and uh, it was just like he just barely overthrew him, and Diggs was open. He probably would have taken it for a touchdown. Like ah, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, we can we can end it right there, Mike. It's, we've gone on long enough. Uh, this was a really cool episode. Thank you guys all for listening to us uh, talk about the Bills Dolphins game, the win. The Bills are eleven and three now. It feels great. Um, 
everything's amazing. This episode was brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming in remotely, dude. You were you were in Florida. Uh, see, let me know how many Dolphins jackets you see around town tomorrow. See if there's any at all. People are just kind of all be gone. You know, Fairweather fans. After today's win, Nate, the Bills' chance to win the division greater than ninety nine percent. Wow, jeez. Uh, 56% chance for that first round bye that we think is so crucial. And uh, 22% chance to win the Super Bowl, second only to the Eagles at 23. Nice. Oh, just 1% around the behind the – that's awesome. Wait, wait. They're not giving us less chances because we didn't beat up on those worst teams by more points? I guess that doesn't matter. Hmm. No. Isn't that funny? <laughs> so, all right. Cool. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. So, for Mike – Go Bills. And for me, Nate, go Bills. We'll talk to you guys again next week. for listening to the circling the wagons podcast download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service email us at ctwpod at gmail.com that's charlie tango whiskey pod at gmail.com follow us on facebook and twitter at ctwpod and most importantly go bills nobody circles the wagons like the buffalo bills nobody circles the wagons like the buffalo bills mate. <laughs>